Hello. Oh, hi. Welcome back to another episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Twins. I'm Julia. I'm Kelsey. And here we talk about all things nerd. That could be video games, that could be movies, it could be music, it could be books. It could be pop culture. It could be pop culture. Basically, it's all the stuff that you didn't pay to go to college to learn, but it's the only thing that you remember. It's where you find yourself at one in the morning with nothing to do going on a, a wiki rabbit hole. Dude, wiki rabbit holes are like a treasure hunt. It's a treasure trove of information. I quite enjoy it. It is very nice, yes. Uh, before we get started, because uh, I'm really excited about the topic today, it is my turn to do it. I get to do one of my favorite series ever made. It's um, good. It's good. Uh, just want to give a shout out. Um, Kelsey and I had a wonderful tour of the Pokemon Company last week. Whoop, whoop. And it was fantastic, guys. It was so cool. It was like my six-year-old, like, little me dream. Okay, for the record, we were eight, by the way. Okay. I'll let you own the six-year-old, but it was eight because Pokemon came out to the States when we were eight. Because in 96, that's Girl, when I was in Japan. I don't care. You It should. was awesome. It was. It really was awesome. There was a giant motherfucking Charizard. And a Pichu. And a Pikachu. And a Pikachu. And it Hanging was so from cute. the ceiling. Yeah, we'll we'll put some pictures up in um, like what we what we can post. Um, essentially, the Pokemon company is expanding, and it was really cool because we got to see like people's plushy walls and bah, bah, so many stuffed animals. I wanted all of them. So yeah, many stuffed we were Pokemon. Just, just take our arms right in the rail, just put them right in a big shopping cart. Pretty right much, on. it's like not Target. It's fancy Pokemon Target. And it turns out my favorite Pokemon hasn't been claimed. What's your favorite Pokemon, Julia? Starmie. Hmm. Always. Starmie's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That Hyper Beam, though. Yo. And Psychic. And Bubble Beam. And Ice Beam. Woof. But I like Staryu a lot, too. No, Starmie's cool. Okay, well, thanks for asking my favorite Pokemon, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite Pokemon is actually Bulbasaur. What? I used to be Flareon! It is. Okay, so it's kind of a tie. So, like, Flareon is my favorite because fire type is actually the easiest to kill, so it makes it the funnest to fight with because I love having those stats be totally off because, like, you get totally boned when you're fighting water types. You get totally boned when you're fighting rock types and kind of fighting types and air types also, like, murder you. And the only thing... Wait, are you talking about is fire? Fire. No, your weakness is water and ground. No, I'm saying that... I'm saying... yeah, Well, yeah, rock, fighting. Rock and ground are different types. They're the, for the fighting purposes and stats, they're the most effective in terms of, like, shutting my Flareon down. So what I'm saying is, like, Flareon is actually... Was so, Flareon a normal fire type, or is it just straight fire? Straight fire. Oh, so okay. it's like Charizard. So, like, for example, when Which people... Which doesn't make sense why he's not a fucking dragon. Well, no, but when people picked, like, the first three, it was Bulbasaur, Squirtle, and Charizard. You mean Charmander. I mean, <laughs> sorry, Charmander. Wow. I was already, like, jumping hoops. I was thinking about the Pokemon movie. Yeah. Like, for real. Plus, Pichu's writing Charizard's tale. Anyway, at the Pokemon place. Um, no. The Charmander option, Bulbasaur option, and Squirtle. Squirtle is, like, the OP. Bulbasaur's middle of the road, can kind of fight, like, pretty much everything except for Cinnabar Island with fire. And then you have, like, Charmander, which I think is, like, the hardest Pokemon to actually fight with because you get fucked with the rock guy, Brock, in Pewter City. 
And then you get totally screwed with Misty in Cerulean City. And the only one that you actually kill it at is... Um, Erica. Erica. And Celadon? Celadon City. Yeah. Yeah. So Go us. Go us. Useful knowledge, folks. It's super useful because Pokemon's like a thing. Like Niantic is an awesome company and doing Pokemon Go and now like with the Harry Potter game. Like yeah. it's pretty legit. It's pretty sick. It's it's awesome. But yes, to go back to our thing, Flareon, I love because it's like a little fox firefox that's not Vulpix. And yeah. then there's also Bulbasaur, and turns out Bulbasaur has always been my favorite. And then the person, Neko Yama, who has this awesome Neko Ama. I'm sorry, not Yama, because that means mountain. Um, Neko Ama is a brilliant, cute, adorable comic uh, artist who does these great things and just made me realize how much I love Bulbasaur again. Yeah, Baba. Those comics are really cute. Baba. Very good job. Nagama, we love you. We appreciate it. And also, like, can't wait for hopefully you're coming out with a book. We'd appreciate it. Yes. That'd be sweet. Okay, thanks. Bye. Okay. Anyway. Okay, back to topic at hand. Guys, I am covering the history of Deus Ex franchise. It is just Deus Ex. It is not Deus Ex Machina. So it is the Deus Ex. And let me tell you, it is one of the coolest video game franchise. In fact, the first Deus Ex is rated, uh, I think on PC Magazine, as one of, if not the best PC game of all time. Whoa. Yeah. That's it was That's pretty intense. That's pretty intense. But, like, that's how groundbreaking it was. Mm-hmm. So let's just jump in, shall we? Why don't we? Okay. So, got my little notes here. She, um, she actually, like, has handwritten notes for anybody that's, like, born after 2000. We used to write with pens and paper. And bitch, it's in cursive too. And it's in cursive, which was actually, uh, it was um, retired from schools. I don't know, four years ago, five years I ago. I don't remember, but it was. It was like four or five years ago. Like no one saw how to do cursive because it's considered. I actually had a gentleman when I was sitting at the bar the other day. And I was writing my journal. And I was uh, waiting for my husband to get off of work, and this gentleman and this guy sitting next to him, who he didn't know, so they were just striking up a friendship, saw me writing. And he bought my drinks because he literally said that I don't ever see people write in that language anymore, i.e. cursive. And he just bought me two drinks. Not a language. I know. He said that. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. He said that, though. And I was like, that's pretty awesome. Thanks, old weird dude. And then I just promptly closed my book and left. You always have these, like, really interesting folks that come into your shop. Wasn't even my shop. I was at a different shop. Well, whatever. Like, the industry. And okay, yeah, it's hospitality for you folks. We got all walks of life. Yeah, so anyways, it's just, it's interesting. So I think, like, with my topic next week, you're gonna be like, well, I had this guy come in who was like, I like butterflies or something like that. Wouldn't be shocked. Okay. Really wouldn't be You're shocked. really, really okay on that one, only because we're in Seattle. Yeah. I have some great stories. Also, it's... Yeah. But, uh, anyway, so yeah, so this is Deus Ex. This is, uh, if you're gonna pick a genre, it doesn't really fall under any genre specifically. It does have, um, a couple genres meshed in, but it is prioritized as an action RPG first-person stealth game. Cyberpunk. That's not... Not Johnny Silverhand. Okay, that is... Keanu reference number one. I it's fine. going to get there. Sorry. It's fine. You're welcome. Um, so the man with the brains behind this, his name is Warren Spector. He is the director of Deus Ex, the first game, and then he became the producer for the following games. However, 
Kelsey, guess where Mr. Spectre worked for? Where or what did he work on? You can tell me both. I can, because if you listen to our Bioshock podcast, he did, he did System Shock 1 and 2. Yes, and he's also known for Ultima Underworld 1 and 2, as well as Thief. And Oh, seriously? For Thief? Yep, and Homeboy is also in development with System Shock 3. So that should be coming out soon. Yeah, but that's the one that's being funded by Kickstarter. Uh, no, that's... No, because they're doing it... Oh, no, no, sorry, sorry. Okay, right. That's awesome. I just, like I mentioned during the Bioshock podcast, they're doing the remake of System Shock. I spoke too soon. Yes. I apologize. Julia. System Shock 3. Please continue. Thank you. Yes. Um, so yes. the, uh, the development was conceived by Mr. Warren Spector in 1994, and this was originally under the title of Troubleshooter, so thank you, Mr. Spector, for going in a different direction. That's a terrible name. Well, it just makes me think of, like, what the, the pseudo-titles for movies are yeah. when they're getting shipped. Well, they do that so that people don't, like, they don't see Avengers Endgame, and then it, they're like, oh my god, it's Avengers Endgame, and then it's actually, like, Purple Hand, or, number two. Or, or, like, chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, something like, like that. Yeah. So just shit doesn't get sold. I'll, I'll make a list at some point on the Instagram, and you guys will see it, of all, like, the best names that were covered by something else. Like, yeah, labeled that'll be fun. Blank, blank, blank. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was conceived in 1994. Um, he was actually really disillusioned with the strict sci-fi and strict, um, fantasy genre after working on, like, Ultima and then System Shock. So he wanted to find kind of, like, a melding of the two, which is where the RPG meets the sci-fi so that it makes it into kind of, like, a almost... And I wouldn't call it low fantasy because there's no, like, people that are not people in there. But right. basically it's just a meld. It's an amalgamation of the two. Um, when he presented his this idea to his, um, or his employer, which was Origin Systems at the time, they did a hard pass. And they were like, no, we don't want to fund this. It's a bummer. Um, he also, also suggested this to Looking Glass Studios, who they, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they were like... No, we don't want to do this either. Nothing. So he finally uh, came across Ion Storm, and then Ion Storm was like, fuck you, man, we love your idea. Here's a ton of money. Go make your game. I want that to happen. Yeah, and it will. And it will. Thanks. Um, I love your confidence in me. You're welcome. I appreciate it. So he got the Deus Ex name. Um, Actually, it was kind of poking fun at the genre at the time, because a lot of the fantasy and the sci-fi, there's always that Deus Ex Machina for those who don't know, that is basically a Hail Mary at the end of the game. It is basically, you have this, like, divine intervention that comes in and saves the day at the very last second, and that's, boom. and boom, that's, like, the ending. So, basically, anything that your character went through, any, like, insurmountable bad thing that could happen, then there's no way of winning, somehow, magically, the angel comes from the sky and hands them the MacGuffin that gets them out of this. Did you just call it the MacGuffin? It's called a MacGuffin? I said MacGuffin. Okay, MacGuffin. two words together. <laughs> MacGuffin, guys. MacGuffin. Well, it kind of makes me think of the Mass Effect endings, but like... Kind of. But I still like them. Yeah. I... That... Yeah. I... I for I, the record, folks, I like Mass Effect ending for three. Come at me, bro. I liked it. Andromeda never happened, though. Yeah, Andromeda's... No. Okay. So anyway, uh... Spectre, he was poking fun at the idea, and so he was just like, I'm just going to call it Deus Ex. Um, and then, of course, it's also uh, going up to kind of the, the tone of the game where it's man 
augmenting human beings in reality. So they well, actually, yeah, the setting is, it's set in, like, an alternative Earth. So it does take Earth. place... Earth. Earth. It does take place on Earth, but in a dystopian future, um, and they've embraced, like, a cyberpunk culture. For those who don't know, and you've heard the term, but just to give a little lay down, cyberpunk is the combination of low life and high tech. So it's basically socioeconomical norms that have been turned upside down on their head because of uh, technological advancements. Yeah. Like well, augmentation, AI. We have to think about like what what storytellers set that, and that would be like Discworld. Actually, I have some examples here. Oh, I apologize, Julia. Please Thank you. continue. I, I am I am surprised. You are surprised because, uh, as I've stated many times, I'm a procrastinator. And you might find that later on in the podcast. But I'm so proud of you! Yeah. Okay, um, continue. So, like, examples of cyberpunk, a really great uh, example is Katsuhiro Otomo's Akira series. Oh my god, that whole tome is amazing. Please, like, I mean, do yourself a favor and watch the movie. It doesn't do ju- doesn't it does enough justice, because it was so, that the whole series was so cram-packed. What, what? Chio. 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 I always want to call her Chihio, but I know that's actually from um, Spirited Away. Spirit Away. No, so, like, Chiro was my... Absolute favorite she was character. She's such a badass. She's but such she a badass. Make it in the film. Also, she beats people with a wrench. Yes, just for the record, awesome. it's awesome. So yeah, Akira, um, Blade Runner is a really uh, good example as well. Um, but the person who actually really brought cyberpunk to the main series was uh, William Gibson in his Neuromancer series. So if anyone's looking for where the like rooted form is, go check it out. I think it was written in 1984. Well, if you want to check out um, anything to kind of give you a full laydown of the cyberpunk genre, check that out because that'll prepare you for cyberpunk 2077. Keanu Reeves. Which is a totally different game that we will It doesn't matter. It's cyberpunk. I just want to plug. So. CD Projekt Red, I love you. Bye. Okay. Moving on. Okay. So we're going to talk about, I'm just going to do the timeline um, with the developers and the publishers. This series is not long, thankfully, for my case as a procrastinator. There are five main entries into the series, and that's it. Wait, are there, wait, there's five? There's only five. Okay, when you say there's only five, I thought there was only three. I'm like, what the fuck? No, it's only five. I I triple checked to make sure this didn't happen. There's only five main series. I'm not counting... Uh, DLC. I'm just putting that right under the That's umbrella fair. of whatever game it came under. Fair. Um, so there is the first Deus Ex. Um, it was released on June 17th, 2000, developed by Ion Storm and published by uh, Eidos Interactive. Um, you'll see that change pretty shortly. Um, then there's Deus Ex Invisible War that was released uh, in 2003. That was also under Ion Storm. It was also released under Eidos Interactive. Then we have Deus Ex The Fall. This is an iOS port, um, and I'll, I'll, yeah, this is, I have this I am, game. Julia's looking at me, I'm saying nothing. That's, yes. that's all I'm saying. And this was released on July 11th, 2013. This was actually released by Square Enix. So they, and, uh, so the publisher Square Enix, but the game was designed by Infusion Interactive. Okay. So that's where the, uh, the, the port, the, I also am not saying the ports for the other games right now. That one just stood out because it's the only one that's not from a hard console. Uh, then in on August 23rd, 2011, uh, that's when Deus Ex Human Revolution came out, which is probably third favorite game of all time. Um, that's a, that's that, a pretty, it's that's pretty, pretty high. High. So then there's, it's, that one was developed by Eidos Montreal and published by Square Enix. And then 
So I had to go and triple check this because I felt like I was going crazy. But Deus Ex Mankind Divided was released on August 23rd, 2016. So I had to go back and double check to make sure I wasn't getting my dates wrong. They're both released. Both five years apart. They're both released on August 23rd. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. I had to go and double check that like tw two or three times. Okay, like, that's like kind of weird genius marketing because yeah. it creates like a conversation. Okay, yeah. that's neat. So that was released and that was uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided and that was released by um, Eidos Montreal and published by Square Enix. So those are five. So we were really lucky and by we I mean me. Um, Deus Ex, the original game was released for Windows, Mac, and the PS2. Deus Ex, uh, Invisible War, that was for the Windows and the Xbox, so there was no PS2 port. Deus Ex, uh, The Fall, that was actually, like I was mentioning earlier, was an iOS handheld game, and it only started out on the iPhone, and then it got moved to Android, and then it got moved to Windows, and it was critically panned on the Windows, because it was a terrible mobile to PC port. Oh. Yeah, yeah, hard pass. Um, Deus yeah. Ex Human Revolution was released on the PS3, the Xbox 360, Mac, Windows and the Wii U. Wait, what? Yep. Yep. It was Wait, released on the Wii U. The, the Wii U? Yep. It's the only, and then we have- You know what? That's an alarm system that makes me go, Wii U, Wii U, yeah. Wii U. Sorry, I had to do that just because at least we have to have one during this podcast. Yeah. Okay, and then there's Deus Ex Mankind Divided. So good. Yep. Uh, which was released on the PS4, the Xbox One, Linux, Mac, and Windows. Crazy. And there was a VR version released on January uh, 24th, 2017. Snap. Yeah. All right. So there were a couple. Um, there was like another one called Deus Ex Mankind Divided The Breach, which is. Oh, yeah. yeah so that yeah, was actually yeah, yeah. DS, DLC content. It even had its own webpage, but it redirected to Deus Ex Mankind Divided. So I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to even mention that. Really. Right. But. There's that. So if you look it up on Wikipedia, that's where you're going to find it. And for the record, all of my information is coming from Wikipedia. It is coming from the Eidos Montreal website, the Deus Ex uh, Human Revolution fan page, um, or actually it's the Deus Ex Wikia fan page. And then I actually went and looked at the websites for the games themselves, for the individual, like the marketing websites. Okay. Because that plays, so, a, that plays a role in one of the last games. So it's kind of like um, there's something in the sea from Bioshock, right? Mm -hmm. Marketing ploy? Yeah, but okay. actually the marketing ploy, which I'll get to, did not go over well. So Sweet. Bioshock so, for the win. Yeah, okay. Bioshock definitely did it right. They did not do this one correctly. Oh, bummer. Um, so we can jump into the lore. Guys, the games have been out for 20 years now. I am going to... I'm sorry. I am going to tell some spoilers. Like... I will hella talk about Mankind Divided. So I I'm, love that game. So I'm just gonna just give you fair warning, spoilers ahead. Um, but the thing is, is that it is a choose your own adventure, and it does have pat like it does have um, different branch endings. So um, I won't go over the choices to get you there, but I will go over the the endings. Cool. So okay. Yes. Yeah. Just want to clarify. Neat. Okay. So Deus Ex. Released yes. in 2000. Do you know what Deus Ex actually means? Please tell me, Kelsey. I shall. It means God in the machine. There you go. There you go. I just wanted to say that. Because Deus Ex Machina means, like, the full God is in the machine, but Deus Ex means the God is in X something. Yeah. So, like, the, but you always assume it's going to be the machine. Yeah. Well, again, that's why he was being kind of 
tongue in cheek on that one. Well, yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying is that the entire uh, like idea of Deus Ex Machina means that we create our own future, which is also our own downfall. That's like the whole metaphor. You that actually yes to a certain extent, but that ideology plays a much bigger role in some, one of the later games. I will, we will talk about. wait for that. Yes, thank you. But you understand where I'm coming from. Yes, okay, we will hold. talk about that. Neat. In a bit. Okay, so um, the first game in the series, uh, this one, like I said earlier, was directed by uh, Warren Spector, the, bra- the man with the brain behind the series. Shodan. Sorry, yeah. Bioshock. System Shock 1. Yeah. Okay. So, it takes place in the dystopian future of the 2050s. Which is going to be weird to say. What? Nothing. No, oh. you're right. You're okay. Fine. Yeah, 2050s. Sorry. 2050s. Whatever. Um, and it predicates itself on saying every conspiracy theory that is out there is true. Area 51 is true. Flat Earth is not. Okay, that's not it. That's Great. about stuff that was like 20 years ago. So, okay, cool. Uh, conspiracies are true. So like Area 51, Illuminati, like the Majestic 12, like aliens, robots, all that shit. They're saying, yes, it is true. So he's using that in the game as the groundwork. So everything, that, that shit exists. Right. So they've established that. Um, it basically covers an investigation into a virus called the Grey Death. And That's it's not fun. No, it's terrible. And it's killing the populations, and it's really, really prevalent in the United States. There is a synthetic vaccine called Ambrosia, but the supply is limited, and it is only being dispensed to those deemed uh, socially worthy. Got it. Yeah. So basically the economic elite... And the societal leeches. So can I can I say something? Yes. So is it like what we just heard on the like democratic? We're not bringing that up. But yes, conversation. It is. Yep. But we're not bringing that up. No, we're that not going to go into hard. No, we're not going into politics. But I'm just saying, like that sounds exactly like what we're going to be talking. What what not we are going to be talking about, but like certain things we're going to be talking about. Yes, but we're moving on from that. We're That's not fine. Bringing that into this conversation. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. So. Uh, yes, the ambrosia supply is limited. Only specific people in the social order are allowed to have it. Uh, the game focuses on a character named J.C. Denton. He is a... Uh, is he related to J.C. Chavez from no. NSYNC? Nope. Oh, uh, all right. He is a Yanatko agent, which is a United Nations anti-terrorist coalition. Sounds great. Organization? Cool. Um, he's an augmented agent. So he's one of the first people, like an augmented cop. He's RoboCop. What do you What do you put on your LinkedIn with that? I don't... Anti-terrorist person? I don't know. With, I don't, with robot arms. Yeah, I don't know. Pew, uh, pew, pew. Yeah. Uh, he's tasked... Uh, so the game starts with him being tasked by the uh, anti-terrorist organization to track down the stolen shipments of Ambrosia. Um, and then he has a brother named Paul Denton, who is also augmented. However, Paul is on the run because he found out that some shady business is going on and he's like, we need to stop this shit. And so he defected. However, there's a kill switch. So they only have 24 hours to live. That's actually really dope. I have never played this game, but from the playthroughs that I have watched, it is actually still super compelling yeah. with the graphics Yeah, from and 2000. Paul tries to convince JC to... Uh, defect, which he subsequently does, and then so JC's kill switch is turned on, and then it leads into a much, like, bigger spiral of, like, where's the ambrosia? How did the Grey Death happen? 
Oh, it actually was created by VersaLife, who's the people the created Ambrosia. So it's like the health insurance companies are creating a disease that they only have the cure for. So they're basically strangleholding everybody. And then, uh, so it goes on there. You actually, the game takes players to like New York, Hong Kong, Paris, California, um, and Area 51, which is pretty cool. But uh, it breaks down, again, here's the spoilers, but the beauty of this game is that it is a branching storyline. So, you know, there's people you can save, there's people you could not save, there's choices you can make, there's choices you can't make, and it all leads to um, three endings. And the reason I am mentioning this is because the second game is combines all three endings. Can I, can I ask something? What? Um... And this is in no way reflective of your awesome research. I'm just very curious. But this is actually the earliest time of a game that came out where I have heard about branch choices. Yeah. Is that why Deus Ex is one of the best rated PC games of all time? No, it's a narrative. Okay. Yeah, cool. and I mean, like, they really like the aug uh, augmentation. I didn't really go... You mean the augs? The augs. I did not have um, as much intimate knowledge of this game as I do with the other, the latter games, because mm -hmm. I didn't play PC games when this came out. Mm -hmm. I was on Neopets and Pokemon. Okay, dude, Neopets was the shit when we were, like, ten. Yeah, well, okay. and that's when this game came out. Okay, so we had Pokemon when we were eight, because mm -hmm. it came out in 1998 to the States. I only know that because I know things. And, um, of course, Game Boy, red, blue, Pokemon, black. And then... Neopets happened, I think, in 2001. It happened real early. Yeah, it was like 2001, and it was built in Flash, which is awesome. Yeah. And there's actually a really great podcast that goes over the history of Neopets. No shit. Yeah. Wait, what is it? Wizard and the Bruiser. By the way, you guys are great. Continue what you're doing, please. I enjoy every single one. I love your Chrono Trigger episode. I'm the absolute worst. I have not listened to them, and I really want to because I love the They're last... funny as fuck. You should absolutely listen to them. Well, I love the last podcast on left, and I like that the fact that they're extending to yeah. an entire uh, uh, radio radio channel? I don't like, know. Like, what do you call it? Like, um... Pod network? Yeah, pod a network. Yeah. Radio network. Yeah. So, I haven't checked them out, and that's only because, like, I want to be able to, like, figure out my own narrative when I'm talking about certain games. But I had... Yeah. If they talked about Neopets, I'm straight up listening to that. Yeah. Hashtag, I appreciate you. Okay. So, back to the game. Okay. Uh, there's three endings. Um, again, it's the, the journey that takes you there is the game. It's not the ending. Um, there is the complete blackout ending where you just destroy everything and kind of put, you make it so that certain technologies are not acceptable. So it basically brings everyone back onto the same social standing mm -hmm. rather than some people having technology and other people's not and just getting rid of all of it. Mm -hmm. Then there's the... Um, Another ending where, like I was talking about how the Illuminati are a real thing, well, they want to... <laughs> when were you, when, when did you say they were a real thing, though? I said it, that's what the whole game predicates on, is that it exists. Oh, sorry, I thought that was a personal opinion, no. I was like, oh my gosh, no. okay, we uh, haven't had and this conversation. The other one was to bring the Illuminati back to power, Got so, because they're basically fighting over this um, all-knowing, like, AI called Helios, and so they're trying to, like, figure out where that's going to get distributed. Um, and then, so basically, the uh, Illuminati can rule from the shadows. And then there's finally, you would, because you are augmented, you can merge with the AI, and you can become a benevolent dictator that has all knowledge but rules with reason. 
So getting there is the journey and the adventure. But those are the endings. And those are actually... So, so the, that's, that's Psychopaths. Well, that... Essentially, in a nutshell. Kind of. So it's... Great anime, well, by the way. that's one of the things that has made, what has made this game, like, stand the test of time. Like, that's what it's made so good. I mean, obviously, the graphics aren't up to, like, what Dude, they are Dude, they're now. probably going to remake that game. Probably. I hope they do. I'd love to fucking play it. Um, I would, too. I, I mean, really like, would. I'm talking about play it on a new platform, not a PC, because I don't have a PC game. I'm not good at playing PC games. So... I love you, everybody who plays PC games, though. Okay, so yeah, anyway, those endings are really, really, um, really diverse, and the thing is, too, getting to those endings, like, the choices that you make in that game to get to those endings mean a lot, which is why it has been so important in this, in the, the gaming community, like, that's why this game is so important, is because these were not just superfluous choices that you made. Like, you made the rational decision to get there, and you're, like, okay with it at the end. So people are really, they appreciate that part of the game. Right. So that is the first game, in a nutshell. Then there is a sequel. This is a direct sequel. I had no idea there was a sequel. I know, you and I had an argument about this. Yeah, we did, because I didn't believe you. Yep. So the next game is Invisible War, and that one, like I said earlier, was released in 2003. This is actually set 20 years in the future. So this is set in 2072. It follows the uh, protagonist, Alex D. Uh, the full name is Alex Denton, because he's a clone. Um, this Crazy. game also gives you the option of being a male or female protagonist, which is why Alex is a gender-neutral name. I'm so curious. Okay, so my interjection is I'm really curious in terms of like narrative storytelling and like the system uh, capabilities of that time. This whole like gender choice and basically having choices in games versus singular narrative. I'm sorry. When did this game come out? 2003. Or which one? The first one. Well, the first one came out in 2000. Yeah. Right? The second one came out in 2003. 2003. So that was like the era where um, not choices matter because that's probably one of the most hated comments ever in terms of like game pitches. But um, which is funny because that's gonna play a role later. I know, but I'm just I'm just saying, like, no, based no, on who I've talked spoken with. No, that is going to play a role later. Oh, seriously? Out. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. Okay, cool. But anyways, what I was getting at is I, I was wondering if that was maybe um, one of the big, like, primordial games that kind of created that, not multi-branch narrative, but multi-branch, like, identity plus narrative? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe? Yes? Yes. Cool. Um, but yeah, so your main character is Alex Denton, a clone from the same program that created JC and Paul. Um, JC Chavez from NSYNC? No, not the same person. I'm kidding. Um, Alex is raised in Chicago, um, and then he is inducted into the Tarsus Academy. It's a group controlled by the Denton-created Apostle Corp. And the reason why I mentioned the three endings was because in the sequel, in Invisible War, they take all three endings combine them into one and that is the canon that turns it into the second game i'm not upset because like narrative wise i'm pissed but in terms of system requirements and i'm actually, not you know, it got pretty good reviews oh it did yeah oh it was a it wasn't a high selling game but actually you know it definitely wasn't as strong as the first but people like the far as reviews are concerned it was actually pretty solid um there is a terrorist attack in Chicago by these people called the Knights Templar, and it's a nanite bomb that literally turns the city into goo. Gray goo. So, like, 
Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the goo. Kind of. Oh. Um. Oh, wait. No, that was called the ooze. Yeah, I'm sorry. So I messed that up. Alex and his classmates barely escape from the Chicago Tarsus Academy, and they end up in Seattle. Woo! Seattle! Cool. It's, um, it's a great place for dystopian novels, like... Or TV shows like Dark Angel with Jessica Alba. Yeah, and then so characters left and right, um, they pair off with either the Knights Templar, i.e. the terrorists, or they are going to go with the Order. So there are different factions that you choose from that you can play in. Um, and they are trying to revive Paul, who is JC's brother from the previous game. He was comatose because he couldn't merge properly. Oh. Yeah, with the AI. Um... Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a thing. It's a thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so JC, the protagonist from the previous game, he is merged with Helios. So he is, he is the like benevolent dictator AI combination, what have you. And uh, at the end of the game, you have a choice whether you're going to side with him or you're going to be like, no. Because they want to unite humanity in a theocracy. So wait, wait, okay, wait, 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 yeah. wait. You said theocracy. Yeah. What's the what is the fucking religion that we're talking? Like technology religion? Like technotheological? There's stuff? just like so the endings in the I know that's not a word. The but endings I'm making it up. in the previous game were a little more straightforward. This one's a little more convoluted. But basically, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna quote Wiki here. Please do. Yes. Um, Alex learns that the island holds, they're talking about uh, Liberty Island, uh, holds an old part of the pre-collapse worldwide communication, which again, I reiterate, that is from one of the choices in the previous game. Um, and the connection network can be used by each faction and no, what are, no matter what choices Alex has made by now, they can choose to side with any faction or kill all the leaders on Liberty Island. If Alex follows JC's plan, the biomods are distributed worldwide, giving Helios the ability to access all human thought, allowing it to govern humanity. If he sides with the Illuminati, they use the network to create global sur surveillance state where communications and the e economy are controlled. And then if you join the Templars, like I was saying just a moment ago, they create a theocracy. So Crazy. you can basically go from like zero to 100 no religion to all religion so it's it's a very um you're one youtube like you're one youtube video away from crazy yeah so it's kind of okay like a, it's like a just almost like a faith base in there i'm like Ugh. i was i was a little taken away. well okay so um okay so we just covered invisible wars uh one thing i did fail to mention this uh invisible wars was directed by harvey smith so I just okay. want to make sure that I have that squared away. So not Warren Spector. It was not Warren Spector. Okay. Warren Spector only directed the first game. Harvey Smith directed this. And the game that I'm going to touch on, which is one of my favorite games of all time, Deus Ex Human Revolution. Never played it. It's so good. You should absolutely play it. I will. I just, I just, okay. It's you. This is you. This is Julie. This is the Juju Sarah. This is so I good. said that super bad. It's Juju fine. show. That is fine. Yes. So this uh, game, this is the one that was actually taken over by Eidos Montreal mm -hmm. when it was, and then after it was given away by Ion Storms and then published by Square Enix. Right. So the game was on hiatus for eight years mm -hmm. um, because it was 2003 when Invisible War came out, and then eight years later, this game came out. Okay. So Deus Ex Human Revolution, this was actually directed by um, Jean-Francois Dugas. 
And he actually did the following game he as well. He sounds like an 18th century painter. Could be. Could very well be. Who knows? People with those names are immortal. He's French as fuck. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean... Dubois is a French word. It's Montreal, so yes. That makes sense. Well, yes, it does. So, this game is actually a prequel. So, yeah. That's where Human Revolution, as well as Mankind Divided, which will be the follow-up game... Which kind game. of blew my mind when I really thought about it. I was like, yeah. this is a prequel? And then I realized, yeah. like, the only reason I'm actually thinking about it is because the actual release of Deus Ex 2000 came out in 2000, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you have the graphics yeah. and the storytelling. Oh, I think they did great. So, yeah. Deus Ex Human Revolution, this takes place in 2027. So not too far from us, folks. A mere eight years away. Um, this is set in, again, the same dystopian universe, uh, cyberpunk fashion, everything like that. Um, this follows the character of Adam Jensen. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I had to. Sorry, uh, he guys. He is... Uh, a security officer for Seraph Industries, and he had recently separated from his girlfriend Megan, who is a scientist who is working for said Seraph Industries. Hmm. And when she Fishy. is, and when she is about to do her uh, research thesis and like presenting all her ideas, boom, terrorist attack, and Adam is knocked down punched around and shot in the head. And then so, when he wakes up, months later, six months later, he mm -hmm. is now a holy cyber-augmented cyborg man. He's, he's, he's cyborg. He's cyborg. Yeah. He's like RoboCop, but like attractive. Yes. Yeah. Except I hate when he talks. I don't like the voice. I like, I like his voice. Like it fits his personality. Um... So, kind of previous in the next games, there is a dependency on, with the, like, the bio augmentations. It's kind of like when you lose a limb and then have it reattach, or, or, like, if you get a heart transplant or anything like that, you actually have to take immunosuppressants. Well, they have the equivalent of that, and it's called, um, uh, neuropazine. So, that creates... Yeah. Yeah, it keeps the augments from falling off. I, like, literally just played the, played the second game, so... Yeah. And you can well, trade them. technically the fifth game. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. But I'm trying anyway, to release, release story. So, David Seraph, owner of Seraph Industries, saves Adam's life by giving him advanced augmentations. Uh, and Adam does not have the natural rejection, so he does not need to take neuropazine. So I he's an why. incredibly valuable asset to the company, as well as a study subject. The... Uh, whole plot is Adam needs to find out because they never found Megan's body, so they, he has to go find his missing girlfriend. Dun dun. Yeah. Sorry. So, it's a Law and Order episode, but like in video games. Yes. And yes. so... No dick wolf, though. He goes after the terrorist organization, uh, and he finds one of the terrorists trying to upload to a computer, but the computer hacks his brain and makes the terrorist shoot himself in the head. So now Seraph is like, oh, I mean, excuse me, uh, Jen Adam Jensen. Adam Jensen is like, what the fuck? And then so he has to go on this search in order to figure out, like, the root of the terrorist mm -hmm. organization. Um, and so most of the game takes place in Detroit. It does head off to Hong Kong um, for a little bit, but then comes back. And, you know, this game is new enough where I really I don't want to do spoilers because it is one of my favorite games, and it is one of those games you really should play. Um, but it's really cool. The ending, um, there are multiple endings, just like the previous games. Um, choices do matter in this game. 
Um, yeah. I'm sorry, but like every panel I've ever like sat in, it does matter in this game because it actually like happened. But you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna save that for a Kelsey corner. Never yeah. mind. Just ignore me. Yeah. I'm sorry. So the whole thing is just it's another conspiracy game. It um, the RPG elements are based in uh, Praxis um, mm. upgrades, and so that's where you can like get arm guns and more shield and more health and things like that. Well, so the it, RPG elements are really, really cool. Well, yeah, but the, the Praxis is kind of acting as kind of like your MP choices, like your magic points. Like, you, I, I'm just saying, like, in It's a skill tree. There That's you go. What it's a skill tree. Thank you. tree points. Yep. Mm -hmm. And they're really fun. Um, and then we also, like, if you do a lot of the side quests, you find out more about Adam and how much he doesn't know about himself. Hmm. So it's it's a really cool game. I'm I sorry. Say, I like. I kind of it kind of sounds like puberty. I know. Like. Yeah. Sorry. It like really hurts my heart to not go too far into this game. But guys, you really should play it. It is new enough where I don't want to spoil it. Like because it's pretty. That's fair. It's pretty good. Beautiful game. There is a little bit of controversy surrounding Deus Ex: Human Revolution solely because of some character models. So what do you mean? There's some racist caricatures of people in that game, unfortunately. Really? Yes. And I haven't played the game, so that's was, why I'm asking. That is a part of the controversy towards it. Interesting. Especially towards Detroit citizens, um, and they did get a lot of flack for it. Interesting. So just when you're being with that game, just going with an open nine, be prepared um, for some jarring uh, stereotyping, but overall it is a really good game. As much as I hate to mention it, it is something worth mentioning. Well, I mean, that's that's just yeah. called, like, fair reporting, so, yeah. yeah. So, um... Cool. Okay, I just don't want people going crazy when they're listening to this. Yeah, you ain't, you ain't crazy, we are. Yes. But you ain't. And then everybody, just as an aside, with this game, there is a post-credit scene, so please stay past the ending to get the post-credit scene. Right. So, the endings. Um, but yeah, so that's very cool. So you're just following Adam Jensen as he traverses through the world to figure out who kidnapped his girlfriend. Ex-girlfriend. I was about to say, like... Ex-girlfriend. That's a pretty pretty controversial statement in terms of, like, the girlfriend category. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. Um, okay, and then this one's going to uh, just do very quickly because this one is not super pertinent to the series, but it is technically within the canon. It's Deus Ex The Fall. This was actually released in uh, the same year. This was released in... Uh, I'm sorry, it was released on on the iOS in 2013. This actually takes place during the six months that Adam is in recovery from when he was having the terrorist attack between getting the augmentations. So this is, like, Adam's not the core part of this story. Okay. This is actually um, uh, following a, another character uh, who is going to find out uh, where all the neuropazine shortages are coming from. And so it's just a kind of a point and click puzzle game. Mm -hmm. So nothing really to that. It was kind of cool. I thought the graphics were cool, but it wasn't like wasn't my cup of tea overall. Mm. Um, then we get to the latest release, which is Deus Ex: Mankind Divided. This was also directed by Jean Francois Dugas. Uh, yes, yes. And like I said, I don't this, speak no French. This did come out in August twenty third, two thousand sixteen. So this is actually a very very recent game. And just like Deus Ex: Human Revolution. I am not going to give spoilers on this one, but this does follow up with Adam uh, from the first game. So Adam is um, on a mission in Dubai, and he is Oof. then attacked by an augmented mercenary group. Um, and then that kind of 
then when he returns to Prague to speak to uh, Vega, who's his wrangler, um, they get involved in another bomb attack at the train station, mm-hmm. um, which then damages Adam's augmentations. And it turns out that during his, between the last game, Deus Ex Human Revolution, after the ending, he had some augmentations done to him that he didn't know existed. So they're almost like... Yeah. Right. So, like, I just played through Mankind Divided for the second time, and... Okay. Pro tip. If you're not fully used to stealth games, which I am not, like, Metal Gear Solid, like, all that fun stuff, it might take a second playthrough to really, like, enjoy Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Yeah. I freaking loved it the first time, and I freaking loved it the second time. And what I was gonna say was that... You can do, it's kind of like, you can be super aggressive, or you can play yeah. stealth, and I didn't realize how much more fun stealth was. Yeah, stealth is really fun. Playing that game. And so I picked all of my defense, I focused on defense, and I focused on stealth, and I avoided, like, I didn't really give a shit about, um, like, attacks. Yeah. Because when you want, go well, up behind somebody. Well, they had to fix that from Deus Ex Human Revolution. So what happened was... Why? Deus Ex Human Revolution, so the game was predominantly stealth-based. Okay. So you wanted to go sneak everything. However, the only parts of the game that you were not able to stealth in were the boss battles. And the reason being, those boss battles, uh, they were running They were running on a... Eidos Montreal was on crunch time. And I think they were running a little bit low on money, so they actually outsourced the boss battles to Oof. other companies. And so the boss battles are... You have to fight them. You don't but, have a choice. But at least... At least the production value, maybe not the mechanics, but the production value wasn't sacrificed, right? No, it wasn't, but the mechanics were, and yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. whole point they made mm-hmm. the game. So that was actually the, probably the biggest criticism of that game, aside from a couple of the uh, societal things that were put in there. Right, the social stuff. Yeah, the social stuff, other than that. But yeah, actually, that was something that uh, Human Revolution did suffer from, was outsourcing um, the boss battles, uh, because they changed... I actually didn't mind it. Honestly, I enjoyed them, but um, it really pissed a lot of people off because they were like, we've been going through the stealth game this whole time and now you have to have us fight all these guys in, like, direct combat. Well, I think that's, like, actually a really good reflection on certain user experiences now, like, what players expect when they play games. Because if you play, like, let's just... I'll do, a, like, a percentage, right? So you're playing 80% stealth and they have these 20% you can't use stealth, blah... Maybe it's more of a narrative problem, less of a mechanics problem. Does that does that maybe ring a bell? No. I don't know. I don't know. No. Okay. But I'm gonna go back to Deus Ex: Mankind Divided woo, and woo. why that title is the title. And that's why I, that's the game I played. Yes. So, there so you go. Mankind Divided, um, basically, events from Human Revolution made it so that De- uh, Mankind Divided was centered around the distrust of augmented beings. Um, in the in Human Revolution, basically something goes haywire and people with augmentations see hallucinations and attack people. And so this is the recovery after that. Um, I won't tell you how you get it, but that's what happens. And that's why in this sequel, that's why people are like really distrustful. And that's why people are like, we don't want any more augmentations. We don't want people like you. So. Basically, they're separating the tech from the non-tech because of out of fear. And this actually brings in 
a couple of controversies. So one of the controversies, really? yes, okay. uh, in Mankind Divided, one of the marketing campaigns met, called it an apartheid. Oh shit! Yes. Are you so, kidding? Yes. And so it what was. What the fuck? Yeah. And so the developer said that it was completely coincidence. They did not like view it as that, or rather, not coincidence. They picked that terminology because it made sense, but it was really in poor taste. No shit! It's the yeah, okay. Am I yeah. not so going they, there? They, yeah. they likened mm -hmm. the in the marketing campaigns. They did liken the uh, separation of augmented and non-augmented as the apartheid between the two, and so people were really upset about that. That's legit fucked up. Yeah, rightfully so. So there was that. Another issue with the marketing, there was actually two, and one was also on a socio-political matter, and the other one was just purely, like, economical. Socio-economical, they called Aug Lives Matter, and so the Black Lives Movement got pissed off that they were using that terminology and that's where that's where the directors were like no it's just pure coincidence we were using that you know because it was established earlier on but it did yeah. cause some controversy because well of that. totally because at the time it was published that's when it was an issue but people don't understand the actual production timeline that's created to create those narratives exactly right so that's a coincidence right yeah and then there was the economical one where um it's microtransactions. This is like some people were pissed about. Oh, this. you mean like the it iOS? Was a it was a, a pre-order camp. Um, so when you pre-ordered it, you get a special bonus, and um, it's a tier system. So like if you paid a certain amount for a certain tier, um, you get access to the game four days before its release, and then you get to like have certain augmentations and. Um, Con like different uh, pre-order content packages depending on the tier that you paid for and mm -hmm. there was such backlash to it that they actually ended up canceling that tier system. Kind of a smart move. <laughs> yeah. Excuse Bless me. you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, people were really pissed about that because mm -hmm. that's where the microtransactions were coming on. But um, again, it is a new game so I really don't want to go in too much of spoiler territory for I this I can go boy. into like how like I viewed it as a player if you want. Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Well, so, okay, I never played any DSX games before Mankind Divided, and then, of course, at the behest of my wonderful twin sister, uh, Juju, she said, you should play this game. And I was like, cool, because I needed a new game. And uh, I don't play stealth games, as I mentioned, but this game was a really good, like, marriage between stealth and action, because I love... Oh, and also it's really great with third person ver and first person. And it didn't have motion sickness because it created like an awesome eye tracking system that I really appreciated. And I don't know if you noticed it, but like mm -hmm. I didn't get sick at all. It's kind of like the same thing with Bioshock. I didn't get that either that or with Dishonored and I thought I would get that with Dishonored. Yeah, there's a certain frame rate thing. I think it's just the gun bob. I think if the gun bob and the character movement are bouncing in sync, it's fine. I think it's a problem when the gun bob is like when your character is static and the butt gun is the only thing right. moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean like I've done some like VR testing and I've noticed that like there's like eye, uh, the eye tracking issues and like all that stuff which there's certain degrees of it right and anyway so when it comes to mankind divided I personally liked it because I love RPGs but I love RPGs that are like action so juge you like like um, like shadow hearts Final Fantasy like all that fun stuff right yeah I like Kingdom Hearts I like um, Deus Ex because it's like in it's in combat RPG actions. Yeah. It's like you have to have quick time events the whole time. I really appreciate though that it took place in the Czech Republic. Yeah. 
and it was beautifully done. In terms of design quality, I thought it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it in storytelling. They were really, fan really, really wonderful in terms of kind of catching you up to the feeling See, of what Deus Ex was. See, I actually would like as far as art is concerned. So one of the caveats that's in Deus Ex Human Revolution is that the gameplay versus, like, the cutscene trailers... Uh, no, no, not so much. The... So in Deus Ex Mankind Divided, mm -hmm. the character models are the same throughout, whereas in Deus Ex Human Revolution, the character models are very different. Are they more in the like game. polygonal or no, like what? No, they're just a lot like weirdly enough, they're really smoother. Like it doesn't look Adam Jensen in the game model doesn't look like Adam Jensen in the So so if they're smoother, that means they heighten the occlusion in the graphics. Which means it's kind of like if you have um, like a clay figure, right? Yeah. And then you have like a like a sand piece of sandpaper. You yeah. like buff it down. Yeah. That creates like that smoothness. Well, it's actually it's not even that. It's just the actual rigs and the character models but are different. There's probably harder shadows on it, right? No, not really. You get the harder shadows in uh, Mankind Divided. No, no, no I'm, I know, I know, I know. But versus like the cinematic. You need to play the game. Like you got to play the game. No, I've seen, exactly but I've seen. I, I do know what you're talking about. The difference between the cinematic cutscenes and the actual playable characters. I know what you're talking about. The occlusion is like it's kind of fuzzy, but then there's like a clipping that happens with it. A little bit. Okay. But the he doesn't really look like Adam in the promo material, whereas in Mankind Divided he looks like Adam in the promo material. Well, maybe that was because. Okay, so this is my personal personal opinion. It has no grounding in technological knowledge or whatever. But in 2013, wait, 11, when it came out. Yes. The PlayStation 4 had just been released, essentially. Yeah, but it like, wasn't a PS4. It was PS3. It wasn't released on the PS4. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Never mind. Just ignore me. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. Yep. Wrong I'm sorry. Console. I'm so sorry. I thought it was the PS4 no. because the PS4 was like on the cusp of that. Nope. And then, okay, my nope. bad. Never saw the release for the Xbox One or the or the PS4. Well, then there's like some kind of CPU capability issue that happened. With I think the... it was just a design choice. I think that's what it boiled down to. It still is a beautiful game. No, I'm, I'm, not, de I'm not denying that. I'm just kind of like thinking like, what about... Other games, and then of course, like I'm kind of basing it off like God of War, and then you bring it back, where it, it it's you have the in-game cinematics, yeah, while playing the game. Yeah, like, no, the cinematics in the game are like of the character models. They just look different from like the promo material. Well, maybe that's just a standard ploy from like a Square Enix perspective. Well, like, no, maybe? It, no, because if that were the case, then that would have applied to Mankind Divided. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Regardless, okay, it was a cool. design choice. It's still a really cool looking game. Um, they just didn't look what I thought they were going to look like. And that's not a complaint. That's just a that's just an observation. But um, overall, yeah. I mean, like, Mankind Divided, you just... You are spending your time trying to see what information you want out. Which is really cool. Like, yeah. I really enjoyed that. So it's basically, are you going... Like, who... You have to pick a side, just like in all the other games. You have to pick a side and then see where that goes. Well... Hey, Julia. Huh? You know what my favorite thing about Adam Jensen was? What? Who does he remind you of? Who does he remind me of? Yeah. Adam Jensen? Yeah. I don't know. 
Dude, it's Keanu Reeves. No, oh my god, stop bringing it back to fucking no, Keanu Reeves. No, he, he is Keanu Reeves. He's but like, not Keanu yes, Reeves. Yes, he is. Have you looked at his glasses? They're like exactly the same. They look like those inverted like Oakley glasses. Boop. Which you can't see because you're listening to audio. But no, he reminds me of like Neo from The Matrix, but like updated. Yeah, I'm sure he got that. From the design choice. I know, but cool. like the the I'm the one letter. Adam is modeled after the game's director. I don't know what he looks like, but I will totally check it out. I'm pretty certain that's what he's not who he's modeled after. Mm. And people were like kind of shitty about it, but I was like, guys, he's not. Just enjoy the game. Look, people can have crush crushes on like 3D models. Well, people were like, he's a crush on himself. So that's why he made him the game character. Okay, well, you just he, he shouldn't be named Adam. He'd just be nar- like Narcissus. Like that should be his name. Well, Adam is a name picked for like a, an actual reason. You're not wrong. Yeah. And I'm not going to go into that part. Yeah. But again, spoilers. Personally, I did I really truly enjoyed Mankind Divided and I am playing it at first, I played it, like, very aggressively because I'm very used to playing an, like, action-oriented, like, uncharted Resident Evil um, shoot 'em up motherfucker kind of style, right? But playing stealth and actually kind of creating, like, strategy as well as kind of recognizing patterns in the last year or so has been more of my forte, which is why Mankind Divided, for me, was an extremely great game. Yeah. Like, I truly enjoyed it. It was so much fun. And so when I play Resident Evil 2, for example, versus playing um, Mankind Divided, I kind of lose my shit because I can't plan against zombies, but I can plan against, like, humans. Human AI. Hmm. Right? And so it's... Yeah. Well, yes. But moving on... I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just... I'm saying. So for the future of Deus Ex... Okay. Uh, the sales were a little on the disappointing side, unfortunately, for Mankind Divided. Really? Yes. And so... Why? It was, it was such a good game! It was a good game. But it wasn't, like, again, but sometimes numbers just speak louder than words. And mm. so the game series isn't canceled. I'd just give it kind of the more operative term would be hiatus. Um, so... Waiting for a reboot. Well, the company shifted uh, their focuses on... Which company? Eidos Montreal. Okay. Yeah, so they uh, shifted it to Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So they used a lot of their staff members for that game. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, fun game, by the way. Really fun. And then they're also doing um, licensed Marvel games as well. So they took the team away from the Deus Ex franchise. Again, it's not canceled. It's not canned. They just don't have anything in development anytime soon. But Lord knows I'm looking for the day when I hear another announcement for another Deus Ex game. And ladies and gentlemen... And all people of the world, that is the history of Deus Ex. It's not a long one. <laughs> well, no. It, okay, so okay, so I I've been waiting to say this. So focusing on like the Shadow of the Tomb Raider and like all that fun stuff. One, it's a she, okay. She is an okay. Words I, are hard. No, 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 no. I'm I'm trying to figure out a way to express it in a very wonderful manner. And I would say that Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, for those who don't know the association, which you do, I'm just saying it to make myself feel better. Mm-hmm. Laura Croft is one of those flagship characters of a certain console generation. So, like, Laura Croft is the PS1 heroine, right? Yeah. Because then you have, Julia, what's before that? You have SNES, mm-hmm. who is that heroine? 
SNES? Yeah. Samus. Yes. But she was on the NES. I know, but I was going to go back. Oh, Anyway, so Samus Aran, female, is also the only other, like, character archetype that really pushed certain uh, consoles, right, of uh, heads. Well, didn't the designer of Metroid say, oh, wouldn't it be fun if we made her female? Like, that was the choice. It doesn't matter, because, like, the reason I don't say, I, the reason I say that is because at the end of the day, people thought that was a really cool move. Rather, the intention was like, this would be a cool spoiler or whatever. It doesn't matter. The end result was people were like, sick, this is an awesome female character. So then you have Laura Croft, and like Ado, I, Adios, Adios, Adios. I always put the E and the D. Okay, whatever. But then you have like her, her focus. She's a flagship character of the PlayStation genre. And then yeah. you also have Crash Bandicoot. Like Naughty Dog kind of owned the flagship character thing of PlayStation. So you have, we'll play the guessing game. Julia, what was the first um, PlayStation uh, Naughty Dog character? Flagship person. It's Crash Bandicoot. Great. What is number two? Nathan Drake. Nope. From Naughty Dog? Yeah. You're missing the whole, like, awesome segment. Well, Crash Bandicoot, and then... You got this. You gotta give me a hint. I don't remember. You got this. I... Well... <laughs> um... It's like Crash Bandicoot, and then they're... Spyro! No, it didn't do th Spyro. Then they're thrown into the future. You know this. I said they. It's a plural. There's two people involved. I don't remember. Jack and Daxter. Oh, right. Jack and Daxter. Are, I'm sorry. Like, I never played the Jack and Daxter games. Okay, well, I have. But I'm. we're going to do a whole thing on, well, by we, I mean, I'm going to do a whole thing on Naughty Dog because Naughty Dog is one of my most favorite video game companies as, like, a publisher and in terms of storyline and, like, creation of the games, that's a thing. So... Then you have the PlayStation 3. And Julia, who is the flagship character of Naughty Dog of PlayStation 3? Okay, that one's Nathan Drake. Great. And PS4 is the same, right? Yeah. Well, kind of. Could be Last of Us. I was to say. That was yeah. it. Because The Last of Us is coming out now. I'm still waiting for my Ellie and Joel sculpture, guys. Well, okay. Go with my clicker statue. T okay, so last week was the basically and literally, and today is the... Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But when we really nail it down when it comes to the difference between why Deus Ex is not moving forward and Tomb Raider's moving forward is because Tomb Raider had this reboot but also had this like incepted fan base from 20 years ago. Yeah, I know. And like Deus Ex, excuse me, had more of like a, it, it's a very niche fan base. It's super niche, but I do feel like the story has so much more to offer. Yeah. But I feel like... I'd rather have a developer take their time developing a good game, just like Nintendo, where they're like, we're not going to release... Or... Naughty Dog. CD Projekt Red. Or CD Projekt Red. They're not going to rush a game. I love you guys. Hire me. Thanks. <laughs> oh, Goodbye. Jesus Christ. Um, anyways, yes. So, yep, that was the podcast on Deus Ex and... Kelsey, what are we doing next week? Well, okay, so there are two things I actually want to bring up, because I was thinking about it during our wonderful podcast. I'll... Talk about what we're actually speaking about next week. But, Julia, I want to do a um, podcast suicide on you. Uh-oh. I want you to do a podcast. Are you ready? No. Yes, you are. Oh, You'll appreciate it. All right. I want you to do a podcast, and it could be a two-parter, on Quantic Dream. 
Oh, I love that scene. Don't You're focus wrong. on the games. Okay. Focus on the company because I feel like you don't. You'll want to talk about Heavy Rain for a good chunk of time. But I want to do David Cage a good service. Yeah, David Cage, we appreciate you. You're wonderful. Um. I guess in all ends and purposes, you're kind of the reason why we do a huge chunk of our narrative podcast because yeah. we, Julie and I mutually love... Heavy Rain's my favorite game of all time. Just heavy put it rain. out there and I literally have a Heavy Rain tattoo. And I just finished uh, Detroit, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I really did in terms of an interactive like cinematic experience. It was fantastic. Didn't like Beyond Two Souls though. Between Two Souls, sorry. Between Two no, Souls. No, Beyond Two Souls. No, it's Beyond Two Souls. Yes, William Defoe. Yeah. And great. Ellen Page. Yeah. I enjoyed it for... Well, I just remember when I was playing it, I was right at the end, and, like, your friend... I was playing it at our old apartment, and your friend walked in, and it was, like, during the most pivotal part, like, the ending, and I'm trying to watch this game, and she's walking by me, and she starts oh, fucking she? talking to me. Oh. She just fucking talked to me, and I oh, have bad. tears in my eyes, because it's, like, the most dramatic part of the game, and I'm looking at her, and I'm looking at the game, and I'm like, I don't want to be rude to Kelsey's friend, but I want her to get the fuck away from me. So, so can... offline, you have to tell me who that is, I legit I don't remember. I will tell you offline, but it, I was... The game was ruined. Your I, friend ruined that game for I'm me. I'm so sorry for her, but so not me. I was so pissed. I don't, I don't know. I didn't know you were playing it. Just don't invite me over when you're playing an emotionally so, involved game. I so mad. Well, okay, so that is something I think would be really fun. And for those listening, please, like, DM the uh, our Instagram, which is the good, the bad, the twins. Yep. And let us know what kind of stuff you're interested in, because... Julia has now been suicided, which... Oh, I get to give Kelsey a suicide, wait, too. Wait, wait, but oh. af- next week when Damn I'm it. done with mine. Fine. Yes, so you can think about it. But um, for the record, and I want to be very clear, when we say suicided, we don't mean it in any negative way or anything that could be impactful against a certain or triggering event. Please know that this is actually a slang term that's used in karaoke. Yeah. Specifically to set people up to do unexpected Goodness. Subjects. Yeah. So, And please, do a great job at it. Please, please, please. We apologize, but that is the slang term. And if you have a better word Very for us, like to change your language. And then also, next week, yeah. a, ju- a juju. I'm excited for this one. So, this, I will be covering something that is super, super near and dear to our hearts. And, and I also have a tattoo of this. And I'm going to give a very quick... Um, short story about why it's important to us. Okay. Are you ready for it? Yep. It's This is like a like a little suicide story. So, okay, which Pokemon is that? She's Leafeon. Okay, so when Julia and I actually toured tour, tour, like, the aside, place no. with Julia received a Pokemon from, I don't know what, I think that's the fourth generation? Leafeon? Leafeon. Or third? I think it's the fifth. Because they're at Glaceon. So Julia got Leafeon, I got Glaceon, and it was quite a wonderful, unexpected surprise. So, anyways, check it out, they're great. Um, But, near and dear to your heart. Near and dear to my heart, there was this game, and I'll have a little bit of a fire time story time. But Juju and I, when we were kids, we actually, we moved, and um, we needed to bond over something that wasn't Resident Evil. Mm -hmm. And so... Hey, Julia, mm. back in the day, mm. we used to go to a place called Gameworks. Blockbuster. Or Blockbuster. Gameworks and Blockbuster, guys. Gameworks still exists. Blockbuster doesn't. But Except you're in Bend, Oregon. Except if you're in Bend, Oregon. Uh, hashtag blessed. But 
We went to um, the Blockbuster where we lived that was completely new to us and completely foreign and rented this thing because it was all about twins. And Julia had played the first game of it, but we didn't realize there was a sequel. So when we got back, we played it and we're like, this is the scariest fucking game we've ever played. And I'm going to let Julia actually give away what I'm talking about next week. And if you could maybe give a character first and then talk about the title of the game. Kelsey's doing Kirby Dream Star. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to give a character. Kelsey's doing motherfucking Fail Frame. So I'm doing Fail Frame. And this game is super duper close to our hearts because it's another horror game. It's super... Oh, uh, we screamed so loud. We did. It's super important because the um, a good chunk of uh, Fatal Frame 2 Crimson Butterfly is all about twins. And so playing it was very like a bonding experience. And then we're like, why, bitch? Move! Yeah. But... Or um, you're a stupid twin. You're Kelsey a, and I kept arguing over which twin was We which. really did. We also wound up flipping coins and like choosing who was like Mew and Mayu like during the day. Anyways, um, so I will be doing an entire segment on Fatal Frame and the series including the region locked games which would and be... And the arcade games. And the arcade. So um, next week I really hope you guys like stay tuned. If you love very strange Japanese horror things that stem from The Ring, The Grudge, uh, Dark Water. Mm-hmm. I actually still think that movie, even the English translated version was actually really good yeah. with Jennifer Connelly. But I'll be covering Fatal Frame. Julia has been now suicided to do uh, Quantic Dream. Quantic Dream. So that'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's our show. Um, also, just a quick little plug, please listen to our lovely brother podcast, uh, Do Not Block hosted by Lauren and Cruz. They talk about similar stuff that we talk about, but they're more in-depth about uh, and opinionated about movies and music than we are. Right. So if you want a complimentary one, please listen. They're awesome. Um, And that's it. So, uh, yeah, guys. Thanks for listening. I'm glad you got to hear about my favorite game series. Dude. One of them. Please, please, please play Deus Ex. It's amazing. Um, Of course, I can only speak... On behalf of playing uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Yeah. Fucking love that game. But Human Revolution sounds just as wonderful, if not better, because it sets a standard. Well, true, but it it sets a standard, so please check it out. Also, like, check out the original PC games. I'm certain they have it on Steam. Yeah. Don't... uh, Okay, you're gonna hate me, Julia. Don't quote me, but I'm certain they have it on Steam. (laughs) I know. But it's it's a brilliant game. It's up... It's on par... Stop. It's on par with Majora's Mask in terms of reviews. Yeah. Not necessarily the same gameplay, but reviews. So please check it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, Julia. Kelsey. We're going to finish this. The good. The bad. And and the the twins. twins. Bye. Bye.